Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline this is live bet saturday on vsan the sports betting network Live Bet Saturday rolling along here at Circa. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Adam Burke. It is Live Bet Saturday brought to you by, of course, Bet MGM. Adam, uh, we did fire on some second half bets. At least I did. I don't know if you did or not. Those two totals we discussed, I did take them both. So under 24 and a half second half in Columbia, South Carolina with Georgia and South Carolina. And then again, dangerous game and a blowout. But I did take over 28 second half in Oklahoma, Nebraska. I don't think it's a bad play. I mean, also, you know, something that has been very evident about Nebraska here in this game and something that's been kind of evident about Nebraska for a while. uh, There's not a whole lot of physicality. There's not a whole lot of effort on the defensive side for them. Their defense is remarkably soft. And like we talked about, it's going to be hard for them to get excited for the second half of this game. And if they're not going to play with any level of physicality, Oklahoma is going to keep doing what they want to do on offense. And that's that's my thought. And then I need seven from Nebraska to push. That's my that's my thought process. Anything more than seven, and I think I will get more than seven from Nebraska in the second half, going over. That that's my whole thought process with that bet. And then Georgia, South Carolina. South Carolina beat me with beat me with multiple scores. Yeah. You do oh, that? Rat- go ahead. And Rattler looks terrible. Yeah. He looks really, really bad. I'll be curious. So I know that we were talking about this, too. We were talking about the over in this Western Kentucky-Indiana game. If you get a – well, we'll see here. we got a deep ball. Got a drop pass what probably should have been a 50-yard play. If you get a three and out here, that might be a live overplay. 
Because I know that you were a little bit upset about it being the 28 and a half. Got bet all the way up to 30 and 30, a half. 30, 31 even. To 31, yeah. <laughs> so now that we get a three and out, and the algorithm is going to adjust to where maybe there's a little bit of, of equity here in taking the over, where you know maybe now uh, as, as you get Western Kentucky getting the ball back, they've been the better offense anyway, if they get the ball back here. Yeah, in Indiana has moved the ball very well in this game and only has 10 points. Yeah. It's not what you want. No. Not what, not you, what want. you want at all. For a game that, let's face it, if you're Indiana, I, I know Western Kentucky is uh, is is a good non-power five. And as we say that, Indiana rips off 30 on third and seven on a draw play. Yeah. Well, so much for the live over. <laughs> so much for that uh, as we go away. A few games just started. Iowa State, Ohio about to get going in Ames. Iowa's up to 20, uh, 47 and a half on that one. That was been a nice little ping pong action. 21 to 18, now back to 20 is this one. Fascinating spot. Very fascinating spot. And also, I think something that we we really haven't touched on too much, I think we've kind of barely brushed around the surface of it. So Ohio, right? I liked FAU, and I lost on FAU in that game in Athens a couple of weeks ago where I think FAU was laying four. I had the game six. They wound up giving up. 41 points to Ohio. Then Ohio takes on Penn State, and Penn State does what Penn State should do to a team like Ohio. So then you go into this game, and, and you're kind of like, okay, well, what is Ohio? What are the Bobcats? Because I didn't expect them to score 41 points in that week one game against FAU. I pretty much expected what we saw last week. I got something that's really hard about early on in the college football season, gauging these performances, putting these in the proper context of facing a good team, then a bad team, facing a bad team, then a good team. You know, maybe having one great performance, one awful one, you know, it makes it really hard. And that's what generates a lot of the overreactions in the market. I think Ohio's week one had more to do with FAU and FAU being as sought after as they were going into the game had to do with Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> it just wanted, and obviously what, Charlotte's awful. Charlotte is really bad. Yeah. Well, they do get their quarterback back today, though. Chris Reynolds. Who are they so we'll see if that helps. Uh, I don't even remember who they're playing today. See, that's. Just shows how far the Charlotte 49ers are off. Georgia State. Georgia State, who uh, lost last week, uh, but covered against uh, North Carolina. Georgia State playing North Carolina and South Carolina. So, you know, they are 0-2, but, you know, they played two. uh, Not that South Carolina is good today, but they played two superior teams. Yeah. Now they play a very inferior team. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see what what the Panthers do in that one today. Let's let's, uh, get some Heisman hopefuls here real quick. Uh, Again, none of them in action right now. Of course, you have last year's Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young, who lacking last week, to say the least, against Texas, uh, but kind of saved his best stuff for the end, uh, like he did against Auburn a year ago. Uh, Young, uh, no no interceptions yet, all uh, six touchdown passes. Uh, very competitive game expected in uh, T-Town today. Tied favored by 49.5 against UL Monroe, Adam. Well, I'll say this. I mean, while it looks like a throwaway game on the surface, something that was very evident last week for Alabama against Texas is they need help at the wide receiver position. They are really struggling without Williams and Mechie there. they got to find somebody that Bryce Young can get the football to, and he kind of willed his team to that victory, had that you know scoring drive to win it. But I thought it was really interesting that you know they had so much trouble creating separation. That's going to hurt Bryce Young's chances in the Heisman race because – it's clear that, you know, if they're struggling against Texas, a Texas defense that hasn't, you know, really performed up to snuff in the Big 12, if they're going to struggle in a game like that, what's going to happen when they play SEC teams? 
Because Bryce Young's a great quarterback, but to put up numbers, you need wide receivers too. Well, look, and two things with Alabama last week stood out. What you mentioned, where the wide receivers didn't win and their corners got beat, especially like Ewers was still in the game. Ewers basically did whatever he wanted early in that game, and then, of course, the AC joint uh, hit happened. But I, I don't think Bryce Young, as of this moment, unless if things change for Alabama, which, again, it's Alabama. They have the most talent in the country other than Georgia. Things can change on a dime right away. But I'm with you. It's not the same, uh, at least at that wide receiver position now, uh, for for the Crimson Tide. Uh, Caleb Williams at USC now. Look, USC's defense has been the one kind of getting the headlines from sharper betters of, hey, this unit stinks. And Caleb Williams just been chugging along through the first two games, doing exactly what you would have expected USC's offense to do against Rice. And uh, and Stanford last week in Palo Alto. Did Stetson Bennett just run for 75 yards in the touchdown? That just happened? No, it was a throw. But well, regardless, that's a problem. Yeah, it's not, not great for uh, But But uh, Williams, 590 passing yards, six touchdown passes, no no turnovers, uh, plus 350 down from 8-1. to one. This feels like too steep of a move pretty quickly, Adam. It's a very steep move very quickly, especially when you consider the lack of competition that USC has played to this point. I mean, Rice is one of the worst teams in the country. I love their season win total under. Uh, at least that's one of my win totals. It looks pretty good right now. Stanford is just, they're not the same Stanford team. And, and I don't think it's really a big surprise that the offense looks good here right away. The thing that could actually help Caleb Williams is that the defense is so bad. So they're going to be in a scenario where they have to go high octane. They have to put up as many points as humanly possible. That could be enough to really help Caleb Williams. But as you said, it's been a pretty significant move here so far. Let's see what happens. Today should be a shootout against Fresno State. But then Oregon State's an interesting team. Utah may be the big litmus test for the Trojans here on October 15th. But look, I mean, you know, Bryce Young, we talked about the wide receivers were a concern. Caleb Williams can slide in there now as he has. By the way, the touchdown, of course, by Brock Bowers uh, for Georgia from Bennett. Uh, Brock Bauer is pretty good at this football thing already uh, as a uh, true sophomore. Uh, that is that is a beatdown in Columbia, South Carolina. Not not much of a shock in that. Uh, 31-0 uh, Bulldogs just all over the uh, Gamecocks, Adam. I figured they could keep it close. Evidently not. No, evidently not. Well, and again, the, the pass defense for South Carolina has been fine for the most part. It's just Spencer Rattler has been so bad that defense has been on the field a ton. Uh, Indiana kicked the field goal, Adam. 12 19 to go in this in the third quarter. 57 and a half now. So 27 and a half more in this game. Now do we pounce? I still think I still think Western Kentucky is the side here. Western Kentucky live one and a half point underdog. Down up four. Yeah. That's probably the bet. I think, I think that's the bet. I mean, Indiana has not really shown a propensity for stopping them yet. No, they have not. hundred percent agree on that. Uh, by the way, uh, the uh, the the Oklahoma just a broadcast note real quick. Uh, Gus Johnson under the weather for the second half. He is uh, not on the broadcast anymore. So hmm. Nebraska uh, so bad that it made Gus sick, unfortunately. Well, in Nebraska, first play fumble. Good, very so. good. We got Oklahoma in, uh, in Nebraska territory at least. Yep. <laughs> this might be. Gabriel drops back, play action, 48-yard touchdown pass, or, or however far away they are. That's what I would do. 
That's what I would do. One hundred percent. Just go to the throat. Just oh, just run it up. Run it up. Not your fault that they can't stop you. I'm always a proponent of running it up. I, I I don't really see any equity. I understand you don't want to get guys hurt, but I don't see any equity in taking your team out of what it should be doing just for the sake of sportsmanship or whatever else. Just run your offense. It's week three. Run your offense. If you're Jeff Levy and you run an up-tempo game, run an up-tempo game. Who cares that you're up by 28 points? And if you have to, run the up-tempo offense with the backup. It's not your job to stop yourself. I have no argument with that. I have no argument with that. By the way, the uh, the, the real battle of the And they day, are going no huddle here, by the yeah, way. Yeah, no, they should. They should. By the way, the real battle of the day is UConn. Will UConn's <laughs> offense have more yards than Michigan has points? Uh, right now, it's uh, 64 yards for UConn, 38 points for Michigan, and a 38 nothing lead for the Wolverines. To that end, we talked about this. I know that you, you took Nevada today. Yes. Plus the 23 against Iowa. Yes. The question is, does Iowa even score 24 points to the point where they can actually cover the number? Because I don't know, even against, even with how bad Nevada is, I don't know. <laughs> like, if you gave me Iowa team total over or under 23 and a half, I would sit and really think long and hard about it. Well, here's the thing. If Nevada does not cover, my expectation is that they lose the game 24 nothing. Yeah, that, that is, seems pretty accurate. That is so, that is absolutely what I think. If, if, if Nevada, if Iowa covers... They are winning this game 24 nothing, 27-3 or 27-3. <laughs> so, I, I, that's that's what I uh, that, that's what I think. Uh, we're going to go to that big matchup in Eugene coming up next. We we'll get the BYU perspective. Jay Drew covers BYU for the Desert News and we'll get his perspective next in that big one. Live bet Saturday here on VC. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. 
Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Live Bet Saturday rolling along. I'm Jeff Parles. He is Adam Burke. And now joining us on site in Eugene for the biggest game of the midday, I would say, Adam Burke. And that is the Brigham Young Cougars on the road at Oregon tonight, uh, this afternoon. Uh, really good game with the Ducks favorite by three and a half. It is Jay Drew. Uh, covers BYU for the Desert News there in Salt Lake City. Uh, Jay Thanks for taking uh, a few moments uh, before that game gets going at Odson. Uh, just uh, w- what's your feeling around the Cougars after really an emotional win last week uh, in double overtime against Baylor? Yeah, I think confidence is sky high with, with these guys. Their uh, defense really played well against the Bears. Um, the talk all week is avoiding a letdown. A very, very emotional, hard-hitting late-night game Saturday night against Baylor um, with a lot of emotion involved. And so that's kind of what BYU is guarding against. And uh, then they uh, just uh, really excited to take on another Pac-12 team after a lot of success against the Pac-12 last year. But um, also very, very wary of this awesome crowd and and playing on the road in a place where Oregon rarely, rarely loses. Jay, what was sort of the scouting report that you heard in talking with the coaches and talking with the players about what they're expecting from the Ducks here today? Yeah, they're expecting uh, Oregon to air it out. They think uh, the Ducks are going to try to use their speed uh, advantage. Um, there's always a knock on BYU that they don't have a lot of speed in the secondary or at least not power five type speed, but BYU's done a lot to upgrade that in the last couple of years through recruiting, and and I, I think that's what they expect. They expect that their corners will be put on islands and will have to uh, play some really tough, sticky defense so BYU can concentrate on stopping the run. Jay, uh, offensively speaking for BYU, of course, last week, uh, let's face it, they're facing a, a top-notch defense in Baylor, and there were times where uh, there, were, there were struggles, uh, but of course... Uh, 
at the end of the first half. Uh, great drive to get a touchdown. Got in the field goal range, even though the kick was missed at the end. What do you expect offensively from the Cougs today? Yeah, I expect them to, to maybe get Jaron Hall out in space a little bit more, the quarterback, uh, see if they can kind of maybe run him a little bit more, see if that'll open up the other backs, Chris Brooks, the Cal transfer uh, especially. Um, looks like BYU will be down their two top receivers again this week. Uh, Gunnar Romney didn't make the trip, and Kuka Nakua, um, who was injured in the South Florida game, um, is in is here, but he's in a walking boot. He didn't go through warm-ups. So uh, they're going to be a little shorthanded again, which probably means they'll look to their veteran experienced tight ends a little bit more than usual to, to get to, to pick up the slack. Jay, one of the things that we talked about a little bit earlier on in the show is sort of a lot of the discussion coming into the season was who would be that fourth team in the college football playoff? Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, not locks. Anything can happen in college football, but we all sort of assume that that will be three of the four teams, and then there's one more spot left to go. And Jeff and I were talking about, you know, if BYU wins this game today, they get that win over Baylor, they got a win over Oregon. Yeah, I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but then Notre Dame and Arkansas coming up in uh, early to mid-October. Do you really do you feel like this BYU team has the ability to run the table and, and possibly be that fourth team in the college football playoff? Yeah, I'm a little skeptical. I know I'm the beat writer. Maybe I'm too close to the situation, but um, they've got some uh, – they have to stay healthy. The, the, the knock on BYU year in and year out is, is the depth. We saw it last year. Um, there's also a few other landmines on that schedule uh, that are like Boise State, very, very good at home. Uh, they got to make an East Coast trip to Liberty, which is uh, one of those scheduling kind of quirks that BYU does because they're an independent. So I'm, uh, I would be surprised. I, I, I don't see them running the table. Uh, obviously, this this is a big one here today. If, if I, I will acknowledge that if they do pull this one out today here at Odson, that uh, that momentum will be hard to slow and the, and the confidence will rise and, and, and the rest of the schedule sets up pretty well if they can pull this one out. He's uh, Jay Drew. Get him on the tweets at Drew Jay. So just flip his name around, uh, covering BYU uh, all season long. Jay, uh, appreciate you hopping on with us. Go enjoy the game today. Will do. Thanks a lot. You Anytime. got it. Uh, Jay Drew covers uh, BYU for the Desert News in Salt Lake City. Adam, uh, you were on to something with Western Kentucky. That was probably the bet to be made during the last segment. Uh, toppers just go right down the field, score a touchdown. It's 24-13. Western Kentucky, complete command in Bloomington. I got to say, this this Austin Reed kid throws a pretty good ball. 26-31 for 295 in this game. And I get Indiana's defense isn't great. Uh, but this kid, I like the way that this kid throws the ball. And also, Western Kentucky, not only did they lose Bailey Zappi from last year, they also lost their top two receivers who combined for, I believe, over 2,300 receiving yards. So they're still trying to figure some things out with that receiving core. And here, Western Kentucky looking really, really strong on the road in Bloomington. I will be bumping Western Kentucky up in my power ratings after this performance, to say the least. And you know, look... I mean, you never know when you go from a guy like Bailey Zappi or when you go from one of these group of five quarterbacks to a transfer or something like that. But this Reed kid looks like the real deal. There's some there's some NFL caliber throws in that arm. Again, Western Kentucky, uh, again, that's a game we have been monitoring all day. Uh, 
potential in-game total. And right now, toppers, numbers off the board right now. Toppers are minus 410 on the money line. That's the only number I see on that game. We have an FCS over Power 5 upset brewing. Uh, Northwestern losing to Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois, and this is, this is not a good look for Northwestern, and this would be a killer for Northwestern overseas and win total backers if this doesn't turn around. Uh, Southern Illinois is 0-2 and lost to Incarnate Word 64-29. It's a random score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that's a uh, that's a scoregami even in the college ranks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lost to Southeast Missouri State last week, 34-31 at home in Carbondale. So this is, even though it's a Saluki team that has had some success over the last few years at the FCS level, not your best Saluki team. And they're right now in Evanston, they're about to punt it away, but they lead late in the third quarter, 17-14. Northwestern's only four and a half live right now. Well, and I think that, again, we talk about the transitive property of college football. You you factor in what Northwestern did in Nebraska over in Dublin, and then you watch Nebraska here today. And uh, first of all, it was a lot more issues than just Scott Frost. But second, Nebraska just might be awful. Nebraska might, might just be really terrible. Bad. Yeah. And more than possible, you know, again, it's tough because week in and week out, I mean, college football can be so high variance, so inconsistent, but Nebraska has been pretty consistently bad. I mean, even the game against North Dakota was 17, 17 midway through the third quarter. So one other thing, um, not going well for you here in Columbia. Georgia Georgia finds the end zone yet again. Oh boy. Uh, South Carolina just looks not only overmatched, but they look like they've kind of quit in this game. And that's a really concerning thing because the buzz around this program, the positivity with Shane Beamer, they're finding out just how far away they are right now in that East division. And again, that's something that it's hard to quantify, but it is something that I will have to keep in mind. I, I will lower South Carolina, my power ratings for sure after this game. But something I want to keep in mind is that if I expect South Carolina to be in trouble in the second half, not really showing much life here in this one. No, no, they are not. And maybe Georgia's just an entirely different animal. I guess that's a possibility. No, and look, but Georgia, Georgia may be. Also, uh, they're still running the ball down by 30-plus in the second half. Like, that seems like a commentary on Spencer Rattler to me. Uh, I think Oklahoma's about to score again. Yeah, imagine that. <laughs> Georgia, look, Georgia could be, could be the new Alabama. It's possible. I'm genu- That's how big of a juggernaut I, he's got down there right now. I'm genuinely thinking that Georgia's number one in my power ratings after this weekend. I don't know how you, you don't have them unless... If, unless well, if, you have to... See, one of the hard parts about, about doing power ratings is you also have to respect the fact that Alabama lines are always going to be inflated. Of right? course. So I don't want to get to a point in my power ratings where I'm looking at it and I go, well, I have to bet against Alabama because I don't really want to do that. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a very valid... I, you, don't, you don't make money fading Nick Saban. It's just like Brady and Belichick. Like, no matter how inflated that line was, Brady and Belichick were over 60% collectively. Like, you just don't make money fading teams like that. No, it, look, it, you're not wrong. You're, you're not wrong. Uh, fading on, Nebraska? On now you may make money doing that. Yeah, it may not matter. Uh, the, by the way, the Nebraska, the Nebraska-Indiana matchup on October 1st is really going to be a doozy. It's like UMass-UConn. That was a game we got the last few years, right? Yeah, I think we get it again this year, too. Oh, lovely, lovely. Nebraska, by the way, after this, has Indiana and Rutgers back-to-back. Oof. Are you ready for Rutgers to be a touchdown favorite at home against Nebraska? 
I hope so. That'd be nice. <laughs> By the way, Kurt Warner's kid taking Temple down the field against Rutgers. Oh, there you go. There you go. That was an 18-point line, by the way. As long as he throws better than the actor that they got to play Kurt Warner. Oh, come on. I'll do Zachary Levi like that. How do you know his name? I, do, do you moonlight playing bar trivia or something? <laughs> apparently, apparently so. All of a sudden. Uh, on that, yeah, Temple, 18-point underdog pre-flop right down the field on Rutgers uh, for a touchdown. Very impressive stuff right there. Live Bet Saturday rolling along. Two more segments for Adam Burke. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Start your football season on the right foot by subscribing to VSEN Pro. Get all access to everything we do, including our daily picks and a glance recap of the top plays made by VSEN show hosts and guests, 24-7 video, season prep, including our weekly college and pro football matchup guides covering every game all season long. Pro tools like our exclusive betting splits and pro tips. Updated every hour with actionable insights to up your betting game. Sign up on our discounted football special and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for just $175. Or save 50% of the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options is where you go to become part of VEASAN, the sports betting network. Happy to be with you. Live bet Saturday. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Adam Burke. Guardians up for nothing. Uh, that, that is, it took till 1131 Pacific, but we have our first mention of baseball today. Hey, you we know did what? It. Big game. Big game, big day. Win the first one. You don't give up any ground to the Twins if you lose the second one. So I just can't believe that. I mean, again, I talk about teams that you know. I can't believe that team's going to make the playoffs or at least a very heavy favorite to do so. Anyway, back to football. You're gonna win that division, kind of, kind of crazy. I know. What was the peak at that? Eleven to one. Probably. Yeah. yeah about that. Yeah, good number if you uh, didn't take it. You had no. Well, how could you know? <laughs> how could you know uh, on that, uh, Adam? Let's uh, let's go to some games later in the day. You know, let's start with the the spot of Palooza in Austin today. You good with that? Sure. Let's go there. We haven't mentioned this game. UTSA, who's played back to back overtime games. They won last week in West Point against Army the week before, just coming up short against Houston. Today they play Texas. Uh, the Horns are all the way down to, how about this, 12 and a half now with a total of 57, Adam. Look, I I really, really like UTSA. I mean, they're such a well-coached team. I know they lost a lot from last year, particularly in the running game, but, man, they are just such a well-coached team, and I – Maybe Texas is. I don't know. We saw Texas play a pretty strong game against Alabama last week. But, uh, and they win that game if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, honestly. At least it certainly seems that I way. I thought but, they would have, yeah. But what do they look like now with Hudson Card? What do they look like now coming off of just putting everything into having a crack at Alabama? For UTSA, I mean, this is a Super Bowl type of game. The chance to go on the road to Austin and beat Texas. I, I kind of like UTSA plus the points here. I mean, I, I don't necessarily have any sort of you know, big power ratings value or anything like that on this game. In fact, I have a Texas minus 13 and a half, but uh, UTSA is live here as far as I'm concerned. I I have no feel at all for this game. None. I, we got to see what Hudson Card's going to be able to do as a starter instead of coming in out of the bullpen because of the injury to Ewers last week. One thing, one thing I will, I will say with, uh, with, with UTSA, Frank Wilson can coach. 
Mm-hmm. Guy's a good football coach. Um, but uh, look, uh, or excuse me, uh, the guy who replaced Frank Wilson, Jeff excuse Trailer. me, Jeff Trailer. Um, Jeff Trailer is a good football coach. Frank Wilson's back at uh, LSU now. Uh, Trailer is a good football coach. That has been a total change of the guard since he's taken over. But I, look, I would, uh, I have no play. I, I understand. I understand why there there are problems on both sides today. But I, I wouldn't touch that one. How about Iowa and Nevada here? Let's let's go to the let's go to the uh, the the game of the day. By the way, Nebraska fumbled again, Adam. Very good. Um, we were talking about this during a break, and it's part of the reason I bet Nevada. Is Iowa capable of scoring twenty four points in order to cover a twenty three and a half or twenty three point line? Are they capable of that? I don't know. I hope so. I mean, it's going to get so bad at Iowa that the, the kids at the Children's Hospital are going to start giving them a thumbs down instead of a wave, just with how bad that Hawkeyes team has been. But interestingly enough, you know, you go over to vcin.com, you look at the betting splits on the game. I mean, a lot of public sentiment on Nevada, probably thinking along the same lines that we are, of how does Iowa score enough points to cover this spread? We have a spread of 23.5 with a total of 39.5. I mean, from a purely mathematical standpoint, it's worth it to take the points in Nevada almost every single time. But this line has gone up from 20 to 23. So I think that's really interesting. I I, I took with Nevada. I You know what? This is classic for me. You, know, you Iowa scores 24 points and beats me. So be it. Win the game 24 nothing. Okay, fine. 20, 27 to 2? Sure. Whatever. Regardless. If you beat me, you beat me. Um, but I, I just... Can't, I can't see Iowa scoring more than 23 points. I just can't. I mean, that offense is so bad. Uh, BYU-Oregon, hey, look, I, I'm just in the camp that I think BYU is a better football team. Now, I haven't bet this yet. I may bet it by the time this game starts a little under an hour from now. But BYU, to me, is a better football team. It's just a matter of how much do you have left in the tank after that game that expended. Look, it was a late kick. It was a really good team comes to your building in Baylor. A physical team, no less, in Baylor came to your building. Even though you won, how much do you have left in the tank to go on the road and play a, a team that, again, I don't think is quite as good as people think, but still is a legitimate top 25 team in the country? Yeah, I think it's really hard because, I mean, look, we're watching Georgia just completely obliterate South Carolina here. And a lot of people, and, and this is something that happens throughout the course of the college football season, there are data points that people don't forget, right? You lose to an FCS team. Nobody forgets it all season Correct. long. For Oregon, losing to Georgia 49-3 to in kind of one of those marquee non-conference games in week one, a lot of people are going to remember that for a long period of time. But as we come to find out, Georgia's probably going to do that to a lot of teams this season. So I think that you kind of get into a situation now where maybe there's some sharp sentiment out there that thinks, you know what, Oregon's not a bad bet now at this number. Oregon has kind of reached the bottom of the market, so to speak, Whereas for BYU, you know, that big impressive win last week, although it did come in double overtime against a top 10 caliber team in Baylor, maybe BYU is sort of at the top of the market now. So that's why we kind of see a difference of opinion here. But I think it's very important to point out, you know, we hear sharp side, public side, this and that. There are sharp guys on every on each side of every game. There's going to be somebody out there with influence that likes Nevada over Iowa. There's going to be somebody that's laying the price with Iowa. As we've seen, as we talked about that number going up, there are sharp groups on both sides of this BYU and Oregon game. So just saying sharp side, public side, I think that that really kind of, I don't think it really describes the fact that 
there are still people that are long-term winners that have market influence that are going to be on a side that is the quote-unquote public side. Public wins uh, half their bets, too. Yeah. <laughs> just But just remember that. I mean, you're not... It doesn't mean that if, uh, if the public is all over a side, it's automatically going to lose. Right. So... That's our VEASAN. That's going to be our VEASAN pro tip for the hour. Again, VEASAN.com slash subscribe to subscribe. In order to get these, you got to be a pro subscriber to get pro tips every single day. And uh, if you miss a few, you can track them. All 20 each day. One per, per hour here for this. Again, uh, sharp bettors on each side of each game. Don't fall into the trap searching for the quote-unquote sharp side on every game. Or another caveat with that, don't automatically fade the public. Don't automatically do that. They, they win. They win bets from time to time as well. They do. Absolutely right. Uh, interesting booth here now for Oklahoma, Nebraska. You got Joel Klatt, Brady Quinn, and Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer getting the bird's eye view of his uh, future job, to, right? His soon to be employer. This is. I mean, this is. I, the, I look. Oklahoma. Oklahoma last week had three points through the first twenty-seven minutes against Kent State. Yeah. And today. They have 49. They're not done yet, even though uh, that's not a... That, and they're still going hurry up. Yeah, why not? Why not? I, I, like I said, you should. It, it doesn't matter. Like Nebraska Nebraska has given up so badly, another third, back-to-back first down runs on first down. My back is absolutely killing me. I've been dealing with sciatica since Tuesday. These holes that Oklahoma's offensive line are opening, I could maybe run for two or three yards. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... Like, I mean, there's not a Nebraska guy remotely close and yeah as you mentioned they have gone to the backups on offense and it still doesn't matter no it's real bad it's real bad. so now the question becomes this right so obviously this game is in the bag and and you know we're still rooting for your uh, second half over here but how do you treat nebraska going forward right i mean are they just completely unbettable are they just 100 percent toxic well here's the problem do you fade them here's the problem the next game is against indiana who also looks off. And what we've seen from Indiana today is very unimpressive. Right. So I don't know what you do with that. That's one of those where I think you just forget the game exists and don't bet it. I mean, does Nebraska, do they quit for the rest of the year? Because now, I mean, it's completely a lame duck regime that they have. It was going to be anyway. But, I mean, what what are they playing for now besides not getting embarrassed? Like how much not of a, getting how embarrassed much, is how much of a motivating for. factor is that going to be? Well, I mean, when you're losing to your old school Big Eight rival, forty nine seven in your own building. Granted, no one was alive on this team in the Big Eight. Which brings up another discussion of Oklahoma next week against Kansas State, right? So, are people going to look at this and say, "Well, Nebraska's a dumpster fire"? Like, yeah, Oklahoma did this, but Nebraska's a dumpster fire. I'm looking at this and I'm saying, "Damn, Oklahoma's really good." Well, you know what the other interesting thing is too. Kansas State was a side that was bet against in a big way today. Tulane yeah. was a very popular play. Yeah. I wonder if, if Tulane covers even the closing numbers that are shorter of what it opened. I wonder if that number gets overinflated on K-State and we come back on the Purple Cats next week. Yeah. That would that would be the question. one that that would be the one that I would look uh, look for there. Live bet Saturday rolling along. Adam Burke and Jeff Parles here at Circa. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never see me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even posted to my my (laughs) Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zikazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Attention, BetMGM customers have a friend who loves sports as much as you do. Here's a chance for you to both earn a $50 bonus when you sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state that you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus, and the wager is settled, you receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement of BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. This promotional offer not available in Nevada or Mississippi. Happy to be with you. I bet Saturday. I'm Jeff Parles. He's Adam Burke. Uh, backups in in Lincoln all the way through. So uh, 49-7, Oklahoma in front. Uh, Indiana has a... Pretty mediocre holding penalty called against him defensively that would have got him off the field. What happens next? Western Kentucky racks off a 45-yard run into the red zone. That was a pretty weak call. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty weak all the way around. The Hilltoppers 
Look like they're going to pull an, out, an outright upset uh, there in Bloomington today, uh, 24-19 uh, in the red zone with under 13 minutes to See, go. Uh, it's a go really, really good day for the Big Ten. Southern Illinois beating Northwestern in the fourth quarter. Yep. Uh, Purdue has given Syracuse 10,000 lives in this game, and now the Orange up 10-9. Uh, not a great look for Indiana, as we've talked about throughout. I mean, Michigan's beating UConn, but, you know, the VSIN football team might beat UConn. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> I can be harsh. <laughs> I can be harsh sometimes. So sometimes I'm a little unfiltered, I guess. Yeah, uh, Michigan. By the way, not a great day for the Big Ten so Mi- far. Michigan really has played murderers row to begin this season. Yeah. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. Colorado State's the best team of the three. Speaking of Colorado State, I I don't understand how they're supposed to score points today against Washington State. I don't okay. understand how Washington State scores points either. I, I took this one uh, under 54 earlier in the week. It's down to 52 and a half. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of closing line value, which we know always wins. Always wins. Uh, but, <laughs> I mean, like Washington State, they struggled against Idaho in week one. That was a 24-17 game. Last week, they go to Wisconsin. They beat uh, the Badgers at Camp Randall 17-14. Uh, but these are two teams that they are very slow, very methodical on offense. Two of the bottom ten in terms of offensive plays run so far this season. Really strange line move last week with Colorado State and Middle Tennessee. Where that line shot all the way up to Colorado State, like minus 14, minus 14 and a half. They lost by 15. They lost 34 to 19. I don't know why people like Colorado State last week, but I'm on the under for uh, game 161-162 there with the Rams and the Cougars. Sounds like a fun game. So I hope it's an awful game because usually awful games are good for the under. Yeah, usually that is uh, that is true there, uh, uh, Adam. Uh, there is one FCS-FBS game we were intrigued by today. And that it involves the FCS powerhouse in North Dakota State going on the road to Tucson. So Arizona week one pummeled San Diego State in the opening in that new stadium. Pummeled. Game wasn't competitive. Last week, you know, I, Mississippi State did cover, but it felt like Arizona was in that game a little bit more than the final score indicated. Adam, I I, I know it's North Dakota State, and I know they're they're – probably in the top, let's face it, probably one of the top 30 teams in the country. But Arizona seems vastly improved year one and Jed Fish to year two. I might end up on the Wildcats in this game. So I have Wildcats over their season win total. This is one where, I mean, I didn't really expect them to win this game necessarily. I kind of figured it was a coin flip, which is sort of where the line is. It's really important to point out that not all FCS teams are created equal, right? Like There are a lot of FCS teams (laughs) that are better than almost all the group of five teams. North Dakota State is one of them. They are kind of the Alabama of FCS in the sense that they lose guys to the NFL and they just simply reload and still wind up being really, really good. But to your point, Arizona is dramatically improved. Jaden Delora was a great find in the transfer portal for them. Uh, I I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona wins this game. I also wouldn't be shocked if they lose this game by three touchdowns. That's one interesting one. But another one that I know my college football podcast co-host, Tim Murray, when we do the college football show on Tuesdays, he looked at this game a ton, Montana State and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. So Montana mm-hmm. State is another really good FCS team. They're yes, perennially they in the playoffs. I think last year they lost in the semifinals. They're a really, really good FCS team. And Oregon State play USC next week in a game that's sadly on Pac-12 Network, so three-fourths of the country won't be able to see it. But Montana State is a dangerous team now 
The line here is up to 16 or so, which implies that Montana State lost a fair amount from last year's team. The Big Sky is a really good FCS conference, and Montana State is a good team in that. They've outscored opponents 103-30 to so far this season. Now, they played McNeese and Moorhead State, but that's a dangerous game today for Oregon State. Look ahead spot and uh, <laughs> and emotional letdown together. And then after that, Oregon State plays on the road in Salt Lake City against Utah. Ooh. So tough back-to-back there for the Beavers. Jonathan Smith's done a hell of a job with that team. But uh, tough stretch coming up here. For I, I will say, I love what he did last week. Because you, how many, at least 70% of coaches just take the field goal and go to overtime. Mm-hmm. And he did the exact right thing. Yep. Of going forward with his with his former quarterback turned linebacker turned wildcat quarterback to win the game last week. And it was the right move. And Oregon State, of course, won in Fresno. Uh, that was a pick'em, so covered obviously by winning. But that was that was a really uh, really impressive show of confidence for your offense. Where let's face it, Oregon State's offense is actually pretty good. They are. They are good. And and for you know, it's, it's the old fortune favors the bold thing. Why why take your chances going to overtime? Where you know, coin flip, a turnover, who knows what happens. Go ahead and try to win the game right now. It's always one of those things that, that annoys me in college football where a team will have a 17-play, 85-yard drive, and then they kick the game-tying extra point or something like that. And it's like, just go for two. You know, right. you got to tie your defense out there. Go for two. Be aggressive. Make them make a play. Make them beat you. Yes. Yes. A hundred look. And, and your Wait, players respond to that well, kind of well, thing, too. And again, let's just go to the NFL last week. Brian Dable did that last week. Yes. And guess what? Giants, A, won the game. B, players uh, reacted very, mm-hmm. very well to A, given, being given the chance, and B, saw the celebration after the game. Yeah. You're down 13 nothing. Again, the, not, not a lot of good has happened for the Giants in almost seven years now. Uh, but, I mean, you're 100% right. Especially... Uh, especially when you got a tired defense out there and you have the better unit, which Oregon State did last week uh, against Fresno's defense. And guess what? They won the damn football game because of it. Um, play to win. At, well, Don't play to tie. Unless you're Lovey Smith and you play to tie the game. So um, <laughs> that, that, was, that was still outstanding last week, uh, what happened there. Uh, Adam, what, other, what else do you have on this uh, upcoming slate later? So good game that we didn't really get to too much. Mississippi State and LSU is an interesting game tonight down in Death Valley. I like Mississippi State. I laid the two in that one. I just, there's so much more continuity for the Bulldogs. And Will Rogers is the perfect quarterback for that air raid offense. He's been really, really good. We just talked about Arizona. I think Arizona is a much improved team. And Mississippi State won and covered last week in Tucson. Kind of an interesting little spot for them. They played a revenge game against Memphis in week one. They blew out the Tigers like they're supposed to. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, I have some power ratings value on Memphis today against Arkansas State. So the Tigers are a team that I kind of like a little bit. The Memphis ones, that is. LSU, they were dominated for three quarters by Florida State in that week one game. They beat Southern. Cool. Good for them. I like Mississippi State here today, minus the two. It's a tough road environment, but I do like them. Michigan State, we already talked about that. I like them getting three and a half. You can't really find three and a half anymore. No, I think it's three pretty much market wide. That half point really matters around the key number. And the other one, so Maryland and SMU is a fascinating game in College Park today. Huge total up in the mid-70s. Should be a lot of points in this game. This is one where I do have power ratings value on Maryland. I have the game Terps minus six. 
But also, we talk about situational spots being part of the handicap. Next week, SMU plays TCU. SMU's head coach last year was Sonny Dykes. TCU's head coach this year is Sonny Dykes. Right. So in the rivalry game, you're facing your former head coach, SMU looking to win the iron skillet for the third straight time for the first time since they were the Pony Express. So I think SMU puts all of their eggs in next week's basket. Maybe not as focused here against Maryland this week, but I had power ratings value on it too. So it's not just situational spot that I'm going with, but I like Maryland minus two and a half. The iron skillet is a great, great college football trophy. It is, right? <laughs> it really is. It's a good one. It's a really Better than whatever the Cy Hawk thing looks like. No, it's a cyclone and a hawk put together. I guess so. A little weird. Yeah, well, what do you want? It's uh, it's, a, it's an interesting rivalry that the game was horrible last week. A bad game. A very bad game. But yeah. Iowa State, first time they won it in six tries. So, Purdue just retook the lead 15-10. to 10. I'm fully prepared to lose that 18-15. <laughs> fully prepared. Uh, oh, a, college football Saturdays are a yeah, joy. No, 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 nothing, no, nothing like that uh, for sure. By the way, I'm with you on Maryland. Uh, that, that didn't make much sense to me. I actually think Maryland's a better football team. I at agree. least at this moment. Uh, talk to me in about eight weeks. But right now, Maryland's better uh, than talk SMU. Talk to me after today. Yeah, well, I'm good, man. If SMU wins that game big, then we're both wrong. Pleasure as always. Uh, ben Wilson, myself, Ben Fox, coming your way in the next three hours here on Visa. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.